DCC Podcast. And we're back. The ECC Podcast returns for its second episode. This week on the show, we've got more training tidbits, a very special ECC guest in Oliver Wilkin, as we chat all things Middlesex, bowling, and how much he weighs these days. We're also debuting our segment, Catch Up Down Under, to hear from our foreign correspondent, Nick Palmer, and no ECC pod would be complete without AJ's word of the week. As always, due to my crippling apathy, I couldn't do this by myself, and I'm joined and supported by my co-host, my paramour, Lee Parry. Lee P, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks, uh... Among, um, if anything, I'm just struggling at the moment to get a, a bit of motivation to get down to, because I'm doing my own pre-season nets as we discussed uh, last week um, down uh, at the school nets with my 40 mile an hour throwdowns as you mentioned, um, but just with uh, so many staff still struggling with uh, with COVID and you know covering loads of lessons and. Um, and stuff like that. It just it just feels work just feels a bit relentless at the moment. But none of these issues are uh, are yours or our listeners, and we are here to uh, to entertain and and make sure that uh, you know we have a, we have a good chat. And looking forward to to hearing what our, our guest has to say. AJ's word of the week, as you mentioned. Um, so what do you got for us, Monk? We've got absolutely plenty, Leapy, and we're going to start this week back at Notting Hill in West Ealing. I know. That is confusing, as we join some of the boys for some more tidbits from training. We're here with Tom Shaw, first person out of the winter. Shawzy, how was it? Uh, well, you know, it's always just good to see the boys. Like, everyone's here thinking about performance, but realistically, we're just thinking about how not to quit cricket before the uh, start of April. So, And what's your methodology for that? Seems to be a lot of tennis balls hit against the wall. Is that how you're going to get through this pre-season? Absolutely. I mean, when you spend as much time in the changing room as I do, you need to sort of work on your core skills, like uh, reading crosswords and throwing... Or angled tennis balls off walls mm. of, uh, of the changing room. So I'm, uh, I'm focusing on what uh, makes me me, what makes me an integral part of the team. I guess the big question is, having come last week to not bat and having already batted this week, what made you happier? Oh, I have to say, you know, last week, as I said, it was, it was all, about the, all about the banter and you've got to get used to the sort of the hard knocks of spending a lot of time with people that um, mostly you like, but some, some people you don't. Beautiful. Thank you very much. No worries. Great to see you. Henry, should you tell them what shall I? I'll let you do it. You tell your, your end of events. So I just ran in and bowled and took, took out your off stump. How are you feeling about that? Full run. <laughs> full run. New pull. Back of the length. Didn't, stayed pretty still, I'd say. Uh, you stayed, pretty, you minimal, stayed pretty still. Minimal foot movement, but the head was right there and just... Mm. Oh, it's, well, it's four, isn't it? Oh, it's four. four biscuits. Yeah, yeah, save them. But no, all in all, good net. Hit him okay. Hit him okay. Plenty to work on. So out of ten, how much are you playing it down? How good do you feel right now? I don't know. It, I reckon it'll just get more and more over the next hour or so, mm. I would expect. And uh, you'll be hearing about this in a few weeks' time, I would feel. So a couple of, couple of particulars, I think, for some people. Where were they heading today? What, how, do you, how do you mean? The bowlers, where were they disappearing to? Oh, wherever it came from, mainly. Down the ground was a key area, wasn't it? Mm. Covers was hit. Covers, wow, the, and the covers were hit. I got it over mid-wicket, off rule as well. I mean, 360, 360. About an hour and 20 minutes into uh, first pre-season of the year. How's it coming out? Uh, surprisingly quite well, mm-hmm. I've got to say, uh, although my body's going to be f-ing broken tomorrow. Couple of, um, couple, of, couple of the wicked things I've yeah, seen. Yeah, uh, the first five felt very foreign and just about made it to the end. Uh, at the moment it's coming out alright, not too bad, but if I stop I feel like that'll be me done. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll walk to your mark through here, yeah, we'll walk to you your cheers. mark. And um, how much, uh, lastly, how much are you looking forward to facing Gibbo? Um, 
it depends whether, where he pitches it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a lot, not on this track, because I've just seen how bloody bouncy it is, and I miss the old slow low tracks uh, of the old nets, but we'll find out how many he hits me in the ribs. That'll be for next week. Thanks, Kamsi. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Great to hear from everyone there at training. I'm sure we'll be clocking back in with everyone in Notting Hill in West Ealing next week. But now to matters further afield. It's time to debut our segment, Catch Up Down Under. This is where we throw over to foreign correspondent Nick Palmer, who gives an objective take on the ECC week from Australia. Nick, take it away. My take on ECC this week is that I have absolutely no idea what is going on. Thanks, Nick. We've come to that time to introduce our guest for the second episode of the ECC podcast. This man, he's an all-rounder. He has scored 3,710 runs at 35.33. He's got 21 league 50s and seven tons, 10 of those not outs, with a high score of 227, not the league all-time high score, crucially. He's got 62 league wickets at 25.97 and a best of five for 48. Oliver Wilkin, welcome to the ECC podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. So much energy, so much energy. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a big time in your life. Uh, you've recently got engaged. Congratulations, by the way, from all of us here at the podcast. Thank you. Uh, but more importantly, you've reached that all-important three-figure mark yet again. 100 kilograms. Did you raise the bat when you got off the scale? You know, you know what? I, uh, I, I think I first weighed myself because I was going to the airport and I had to check my bag's weight. And obviously you get a 23 kilogram limit. So I weighed the bag and we were 133 kilograms combined or something like that. And uh, I realised that the bag wasn't 40 kilograms. So I kind of panicked <laughs> at that point. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to hit this new milestone in my life. And I've, I've been trying ever since to get under it again. But um, it's not going as well as I'd like it to go. But uh, No worries, because we all know where you're ending up. I mean... There's a lot going on in your life. You're engaged. It's like you're going to be the new head groundsman Ealing. It's really exciting. You're back bowling. But I do have a question for you. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? First slip, second slip, or third slip? First slip. First slip is the most immobile of the slip, Gordon's. We've had Christian there for the last six years. Um, and first slip is where the most immobile people stand. So um, I'm fully, fully convinced that in three, four years' time, I'll be at first slip, probably for the three. Yeah, you're manifesting that pretty well, I think. You're you're filling out the shape that we all thought you'd have hit at 25, but but you're you're getting there belatedly, but you are getting there. And we are all really, really proud of you. Well, I think I think I held on to it when I was younger. I, I held on to my youth for a long time, kept kept believing that I was that 21-year-old. Um, so I ate, drank, and did whatever I want for pretty much my entire 20s. And I've kind of realized now that it's gonna catch up to me. And I've now decided just to embrace it and be, become that tall, fat bloke that I'm always meant to be. On a cricketing side, though, is he obviously being the the master blaster, gun batter that you are? Do you prefer the the opening, the batting in a game, or or is it just being standing at first slip, knowing that you're in the game every ball? Do you do, do you enjoy being? How do you explain it? what what drives you more? Do you, do you wake up in the morning and think can't wait to be out there with the lads, or is it the challenge of batting, or or standing at first slip? What 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 gets you out of bed to play on a Saturday morning? It's 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 mostly mostly now is playing with uh, playing with mates, playing with a good bunch of lads, because cricket just isn't that exciting otherwise. Um, and I did the whole playing with a group of people who didn't really give a toss about the result. 
and it doesn't work. It's not a team environment. It's not, it's not fun to play with them. You want to play. And obviously as a sports person, I am massively competitive. I'm massively competitive in everything I do. And if I'm not competitive, I won't, I can't, I can't be bothered. I'm not going to do it, but it's being competitive to an extent that you're doing it for your mates and with your mates and you want to win for them and be with your best mates. Cause, cause that feeling of celebrating after a game is the best is the best beer you can ever have. The best beer ever is that first beer after a big win in the changing room is the best beer you'll ever have. And in a good season, you get to have that 20 times in the dressing room. In a bad season, you get to have it twice. And, it but, and in the COVID season, you don't get to have it at all. Yeah, quite. I, I mean, we've spoken about this, but from my understanding, that's why you want to get back into your bowling, right? So you can be more in the game? Yeah, and I don't. I mean, don't, I spent a lot of time playing playing cricket in the last fifteen years, and I get bored quite quickly. So part of the reason I want to get back bowling is because I get bored standing in the field, and I find myself switching off, and I drift, and therefore, what's the point of me being there? The other part is because I want to win, and I want to be as competitive as I can be, and I feel like if that means I can get back to somewhere near how good I used to be at bowling, that that's going to help the side win, which is obviously a plus. So, Rosie, what do you see your role in the team as? I know you say you're going to be bowling again. What What is your you're going to be bowling, and, and where do you think it's going to work? Um, I'm going to just bowl some, basically some meadows, and I'll fill in as and when we're needed. And ideally, I won't have to bowl because on paper at the moment we've got a pretty good seam attack, um, and we've got three good spinners on paper. But again, you know what availability is like, and it happens. And so I'm going to be available to bowl and. Most of the role I would do would be middle overs kind of role, just bowl keeper up wicket to wicket and just bowl dot balls. And if that if that if that progresses, then that that's great. But I just feel like I can do. I'm still good enough to do a job, and I want to be able to do that job if and if if it's needed. I, I've got a little two parter here, and it's pretty similar. What is it that you've really missed about bowling and especially like the way that you used to bowl as well like some people listening to the podcast won't know that like, you used to bowl rapid um that's probably the case of both of you actually there'll be people watching this that have never seen either of you bowl properly and i reckon i'm i can't remember that myself um so what do you miss from those days when you used to steam in and what are you most looking forward to about bowling this year um i guess i miss I, one of the biggest things i miss is people telling me you're quick it was when you bowled a ball and you saw the look in like the first slips of the keeper's eye going, that was quick. And like you get to the top of your mark and you hear mid-off going, yeah, 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 that was quick. Or the batsman talking in the middle of the ocean, that was quick. That's what I miss the most is that about having that ability to bowl quick and other people recognising that. That's not in my arse. I don't get those conversations. Not in my arse. No, no, no. Maybe you, you two you might will. have had them. Lee, I imagine you've had that chat. I imagine you missed that as well. But I, I don't get that very often. It was it was always it was always nice, um, and Ollie will, will will probably agree with me. Is when you used to to bowl the ball, and you'd have that two second stare at a batsman, and you'd see the slip cord and just politely and very quietly just take half a step back, <laughs> and then you turn and go back to your mark. But then the other thing is you try to crank up the next ball and probably bowl a wide. Yeah, um, and sorry, Mung, I've forgotten the second part of your question. Second part of the question was like, what are you looking forward to this year? Or actually, I reckon I've got a better question than that, so I'm just going to scrap that. How to both of you actually? What what was your favourite dismissal as a seamer? Because I know what mine is, but I want to hear yours. Nicking nick, nicking someone off to the slips, I reckon. Nicking someone off to the first slip, um, as like when they're playing a defensive shot, because you're going, I've beaten you there. That's me. I've won that. 
that was always one of my, and I used to love watching that ball fly through to the slips and you see them. I mean, there's, there's, and there's a lot to be said for just clean bowling somebody. Um, and you see the stumps, if you see the stumps cartwheeling, obviously as a fast bowler, that was everything you always loved to see. But I, I, I had a, I had a particular soft spot for seeing someone playing a full defensive and nicking it, nicking it to the keeper or to the first slip. And you just go, you know, what, I've won that. And that was my, that was my favourite. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. It's that moment. I also think there's, it's the thing about, there's that moment of doubt as well. Like it's, you get that moment of hope because you hear it and you see it. It's like, no, really? Ah. Because it can all go, it can still go so horribly wrong. I think for me, it was more, I used to love, I used to love the challenge of trying to get someone out, having a plan. And then for argument's sake, as you said, if, if, if the plan was, you know, like, like I use Holti as an example, when he comes into bat, Albert Douche is always top of the list. So you always got to think about, you know, how you're going to get the batter out. And if I got him out the way I wanted to, I thought, I thought that was that just showed the skill level that you sort of had. Um, I mean, a lot of times you, you nick someone off or bowl them and it wasn't in the plan, it goes in the book. But I think as a bowler, if you sort of set someone off uh, for the nick off court first, second slip or court behind, whatever it is, and it comes off, that is, is, is just a great feeling. Looking ahead now, another, another year coming around, hope springs eternal. Oh, have you ever won the... Were you ever won to set yourself targets? You don't strike me as that sort of person. And you're not like particularly public about it, or like run scores that you want to get, or totals of runs that you want, or is it just about like having a good time and being really competitive? Uh, no, I'm not a big. I don't. I don't I've never really set myself personal goals. I, I obviously I want the best for the team. So I, I in my head I've got team goals that I'd like us to achieve. Um, but I'm not. I'm not a personal goals kind of man because I, I'm. As you said, I'm. If we win the league and I score eight runs, I'm happy. Someone scored a lot of runs in that scenario. Someone, someone else has scored. Someone, else, someone else needs to score a lot of runs. But my point is, if 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 I fail but the team succeeds, then I'm happy with that. So I've never really been a big personal personal goal setter, just because I find I used to I used to do it when I was younger, and it it tend to always over <laughs> overextend myself. So then you never really achieve those goals. So that was it. Always just kind of seemed like you failed. So I've, I've never really been, a, especially in the last kind of 10 years, it's not been a, a massive case of setting myself targets and goals and whatever. It's just kind of do whatever I can to make us win and make me try and enjoy cricket a little bit. Ozzy, it's been been a long time away, away for some of us playing at Corfton Road. It's been a long time for everyone since we've been there all together since last summer. And there have been some renovations going on. How's she looking? What's the changing going to be like? Is it still going to be what we all know and love? Any drastic changes? Uh, no, no drastic changes. It's going to be the pavilion's going to look and smell the same. Uh, hopefully, actually, won't smell the same because they've changed the toilets downstairs. So <laughs> it won't be that constant smell of piss coming from the uh, men's u- <laughs> men's toilets downstairs. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I actually think people aren't people aren't gonna aren't gonna want to piss in the new urinals. They're gonna smell new forever, I think. Uh, but yeah, no. So the, the renovations are just it's it's more of a more of a paint job than it is anything drastic. The changing rooms are just getting a bit of a touch up, and then there's a bit of modification going on downstairs and to the loos and everything. But everything will still look the same and still have the same essence of Ealing Cricket Club that it always had. And and the ground itself. How's she doing with all the wet, all the wet weather that we're getting at the moment? Post storm units and all that. 
Yeah, no, so it's really wet at the moment, obviously, as you can imagine with all the weather we've had, but uh, the levels are really consistent. The levels are really good. The grass coverage is really good across the outfield at the moment. So we're really happy where it currently is. We've got a little bit more work lined up for it in the next kind of month or so. Hopefully we can get a little bit more grass coverage through it. Um, but considering where she was, what, this time last season, which was a muddy field, um, the outfield looks really nice, actually. Uh, so there's been a, a new addition to the ground, Ozzy, in the back corner, if we can call it a corner. There's some uh, there's some new nets. How many do we have? How are they looking? So there's eight new lanes of nets gone in. Um, we've replaced our five old lanes that were looking battered and tired. Uh, there's eight brand new eight brand new lanes gone in, uh, and they're looking really nice. And obviously there's been no cricket played on them yet, so we don't really know how they are, but they look really good. Um and I think I think there'll be a, a really really positive positive impact on the club. Um, I think it's time that we get onto the questions that, that we ask everyone, Ozzy. Um, those are little list of three: if you best away ground, best lunch, and a game you remember and why. Do you want to start with the first best away ground, or for best or favourite? Um, if I had to pick an away ground in the Prem, you know what? It'd be an unpopular opinion, but I would probably say Teddington. I've never had a problem playing there. I've always quite liked the pitch there. I, I, I quite like the setting in the big field and there's deer roaming around and, and we haven't always had the best of times there as a club. But actually as a ground, I don't mind it too much. And I just particularly don't like most of the other grounds in our league. So, And also with the deer, obviously that's stuff for you to feast your eyes on when you're bored in the field. Absolutely. And, and when there's a pack of deer roaming 20 yards away from your position at deep square leg, that is absolute gold dust to the board fielder. Like that is a good, that's a good 10 overs that just breezes by. And often, often you're not even watching the ball. You hear the sound of bat on ball, you turn around and go, where's it gone? Especially when there's a good looking stag with massive antlers at the front, just leading them. It's That's a weird perversion that I don't want to get into. Um, best lunch, Josie, best food, best food in the league? Oh, good question. Stanmore's up there. Stanmore's very good. Stephanie at Stanmore does a lovely, lovely, lovely tea and lunch. She's always done a very good job. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm Stam Stanmore's Stanmore's up there for the tea. It's I don't like playing there, but I, I like eating there. And uh, a game you, that you remember and and why, I guess. Uh, no, it would definitely be the 2011 T20 final at Chelmsford when uh, we won our first national national title as a club, and to be a part of that was just phenomenal. And the way in which we won it as well, we dominated, absolutely dominated. And obviously I, I had a quite a big part to play in the final, which made a big difference for me personally, obviously in terms of how memorable it was for me. But just the side, the side we had that year and that side we had on that finals day is just one of the best sides I've played in a long time. And the way in which we won it, we absolutely dominated on the day. And there's 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 no feeling that would have beat that. And when we won it again in 2015, yes, of course, it was absolutely amazing to win it for the second time, but it just didn't have the same, didn't quite have exactly the same feel for me. It, obviously, it was amazing, but it wasn't quite as good as that first victory back in 2011. Is that because there was no Barbados trip by any chance, Oliver? I was about to ask about the Barbados trip. Surely that's why this has come back up. I mean, there's... I, I honestly can't tell you because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so, obviously, because it was the first time. When you, when you win something for the first time, it obviously is slightly more special. 
Um, however, with, with that prize of having a all, all expenses paid trip to Barbados at the end of it, maybe that made it extra special. I think from memory, as we played, was it three games in Barbados? Can you remember? Um, and we played um, cricket in Barbados. Yeah, I, Mungo, obviously you weren't there. But a quick story for you: we the team selection was done for each game about ten minutes before the game started, and it was literally there were obviously three substitutes or players who sat out but we all everyone had to play it was on a rotation uh and you were on the bench for the first 10 overs if you were the most hungover and i think it was game three um i can't remember the team we played against uh and by process of elimination we found myself with myself uh oliver wilkin and daniel landman as the uh, three most hungover boys who could not take the field and i think it got to about the eighth over when we were sitting in the change room, staring at each other in absolute silence, pulling our whites on. Um, and there was, there was no discussion. We all sort of looked at each other and f- someone, for some reason, had a bottle of absinthe in their cricket bag. And we did what we had to do. And we all stared at each other and poured into the cap. All three of us had a shot each straight out of the cap. Uh, and I think it's one of the best games of cricket uh, we'd ever played. I remember batting 11 needing three to win, uh, nicking off, not walking, and then smashing the next ball for four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, Ozzy, how, how, how good a trip was that? Oh, it was phenomenal. And just, if you if you, um, if you you go back to that game, the, the first thing that Daniel Lambman did after coming onto the field after a shot of absinthe was have a ball trickle towards him mid-off, bend down, pick it up and miss it completely, go straight through his legs, and then very slowly jog after it to proceed to fall over in front of the ball, which was, um, which was very entertaining. But no, Barbados was, Barbados was just an absolute, what, the cherry on the cake of what was an unbelievable season. For some reason, Ozzy, I don't know about you, but that moment actually made me feel okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the few miles of the tour I remember. Okay, just to wrap up, Ozzy, predictions ahead of the year, how are we going to do? If we can avoid major injuries and we can keep the, the, the kind of the, the squad of players that we've got together for the most part of the season, especially the core, the kind of the core element of that side, we've got we've got a lot of talent there. Um, I don't want to make any too too many predictions in terms of where we're going to be, but we, we we've got a good good strong bunch of boys there, and as long as we don't don't run into too many obstacles, we should we should do all right. Certainly better than last year. I mean, it's not that hard, but we should certainly do better than last year. Yeah, if the club is ever 310 for... Oh, actually, if the club is ever 270 for 30 again in the top three sides, we'll know that um, something's not quite right. Yeah, we should start panicking at that point. Ozzy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for doing this with us, and we'll be seeing you at training again in the coming weeks. Uh, Thanks for having me, gents. Absolutely, and I'll, uh, I, I might not be there next week. I, I've got some chickens to feed. Well, that was Oliver Wilkin, and obviously we hope he does really well with his chickens. Uh, I've, got, I've got a funny feeling that might be edited out. <laughs> no, I think it has to end there. Thanks again to Oliver Wilkin for all that. That was a real pleasure having him on the show, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from him at many different stages throughout the season. But now it's time for the main event. It's AJ's Word of the Week. Leapy, do you want to remind the listeners what we're getting here and what's going on with AJ? Um, yes, I'd love to, um, Mungo. AJ, who is my six-year-old son, who's growing um, very, very quickly. Uh, he's a bit of a joy, actually. He's uh, rather funny-looking like his dad. 
and he gets his intelligence <laughs> from his mummy. Uh, and he's going to tell us what his favourite word of the week is. My word of the week is penguin! Thanks, AJ. And now it's time for Stat of the Week, my favourite segment. I am a man for my stats. And uh, this week, the Stat of the Week is... In home fixtures last year, Rory Patel's top score was four cricket runs. Let you chew on that. And that's all we've got time for. That's it. The end of the show. We made it. Thanks, everyone, who contributed this week. We were meant to have Christian Martin on this week. We will get him at some stage. Sorry, Chris. I know that we said we, we promised. We promised, we promised, we promised. But we will get him on at some stage. Absolutely. That's all from me. And that's all from us. Good night. Good night. The ECC Podcast. <laughs>